This is the Moxie Musings podcast, helping you tap into the world of self-work, health and the mind. I'm Fleur and I'll be sharing with you how you can deepen your relationship with yourself. Bringing you weekly episodes, babes, let's step into your new level. Hello, my honeys. Welcome to an episode of the Moxie Musings podcast with me, Fleur. And today I'm bringing you an episode talking all things fasting because I have just come out of a 58 hour fast, which I started at the beginning of the week to start me off my very loose photo shoot prep. Not going too intense, but I have a photo shoot mid-September and so I'm just going in a slight dieting phase, nothing too aggressive, but I have started with a 58 hour fast. Now, fasting is quite the buzzword. It goes through waves of making a lot of noise in the industry and then quietens down again. And I feel we're in a time where it's making a lot of noise again. There's a lot going around on social media at the moment. And not only did I want to share my experience with you, but also just to let you know that don't worry if you're not somebody that loves the idea of fasting or you're not using the tool because you're not missing out, you're not losing out on your results. And just like everything else that's in the industry, this is a tool. You can use it if you want. If it piques your interest, fantastic. If it doesn't, that is absolutely fine as well. I just like to say as well, <laughs> I'm recording this podcast in at the dining room table, but I'm still at my lovely friend's house that has the really high ceilings. And so I'm sat now. The duvet was so hot last week. I nearly passed out when recording that other episode. So today I just have a bed sheet over my head, but the big windows are facing another set of flats. So if someone is looking in right now, they're just going to see... A weird sheeted ghoul. So that's setting the scene for today. But anyway, I digress. Fasting. So I did the 58 hours. Now I'd like to caveat this because it sounds a lot, but actually, because of where my last bit of food was on Sunday, that meant I could get two sets of sleeps in. Technically, I was going to finish Tuesday night at about 10:30. I wasn't hungry I was ready for bed I would have just been eating for the sake of it really because the fast was finished but I didn't I didn't feel hungry so I got an extra sleep in and by the time I'd finished pottering around the next morning it was 58 hours so it sounds really high but also there were two sleeps in there so I did did it caffeinated you can choose whether to do it caffeinated or not it's absolutely up to you and one thing when fasting it can be quite common to get headaches so you naturally have to make sure that you really increase your fluid intake and if you're also taking away your caffeinated drinks not only are you reducing the caffeine so those feelings those lethargic feelings might increase but Caffeine is also a mild appetite suppressant, so you won't have that. But also, you're going to be lowering your overall fluid levels if you're not having any other drinks to support caffeinated, this is. If you want to do it caffeinated, great, do it caffeinated, but keep your hydration levels up. If you're not doing it caffeinated, definitely, definitely even more. Really focus on keeping those hydration levels up. 
So let's talk hunger levels because people initially base their feeling around fasting when hearing about this of them empathizing and thinking about what their hunger levels are maybe before a meal maybe just before lunchtime how that feels and it kind of gets you get hungrier and hungrier and then you just have to eat so you eat straight away but those waves of hunger like everything else go in natural rhythms it doesn't just get worse and worse and worse and worse the thing is most of the time in day-to-day life we do, we tend not to get to the point where we're super 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 hungry and or the tummy's rumbling usually we'll feel have those feelings of hunger we usually have those feelings of hunger because our body's in a routine and it knows that it's nearly breakfast lunch or dinner time or snack time so those feelings rise but we tend not to sit in it that long and this was actually one thing that I really noticed when the, on the first day particularly did settle down quite a bit on the second day but the mental side of it is really prevalent in the first day but one thing that I really noticed was that because it's been a year since I've been really in a focused dieting phase over a year since my last photo shoot and I was really going in a dieting phase I haven't sat in prolonged hunger for a long period of time so that was quite a humbling experience to actually really and this is why I love doing it because doing a longer fast really helps get my head in the game but also it really reconnects me back to my hunger and satiation levels and that's exactly what happened on the first day and so this is worth just to reiterate our hunger levels do not get worse and worse They do go in natural rhythms and these natural rhythms change when our consistent routines change. So if you usually lunch at one, for example, your body will start to know and it will start to get you hungry around this time. And so throughout the fast, my hunger levels were increased in certain times and then other times it was just kind of a gentle simmering, but other times I didn't feel hungry at all. And like I said, the first 24 hours, definitely that adapting time was the hardest. And also just getting used to obviously not preparing a meal and not having that enjoyment out of preparing and eating a meal. But the second day, my appetite was way more manageable. There was no crazy waves of hunger like it was on the first day. So it adapted pretty nicely, actually. Now... This also worked for me really well this week because my environment was set up as easily as it could be for success for me. So this week I'm dog sitting for my lovely friends, but I'm on my own. So I don't have to prep food for other family members or children. I don't have to be around food at all or even look at food if I don't want to. I could set my environment up for optimal success for this fast. And I appreciate that isn't very transferable for most and in most scenarios because it's unlikely that we're not going to be, especially if we're in the office or you're at work or you're preparing food for the family. And this is the thing with the with fasting, though, is because you can adjust it to be however you need it to be for your routine and lifestyle. So the intermittent fasting is a very common one that people only eat between a certain window and that could work really well. And especially, I'll talk a little bit about myths 
later but a big one is people's fear because it's drilled into us that breakfast is the most important meal of the day but if you're not somebody that loves eating breakfast then it's not going to be and that's okay too you might not get hungry until 12 so naturally consciously or subconsciously you could have your window from 12 to late you know it really just depends I will keep saying this this is completely personal preference it's just another method to the principle of creating a calorie deficit and I think this is the thing right when there's a lot of noise being made around a certain tool people then get caught up in it thinking that they should be doing that but if it's a tool that doesn't really excite you interest you even work for you at all we then do it and then you can feel imprisoned by your own choices and eating windows and then the whole point of it kind of gets taken out the window and then that's when you quote unquote say to yourself I've fallen off the wagon I failed you feel frustrated nothing works for me when actually this method just doesn't sit with you it's nothing that you should be doing it's just another way that you can create a calorie deficit so when fasting you can find that you might be a little bit more alert but if everything else around you is in order and this week I found with the heat being in a different location, not being at home. I'm looking after the lovely Suze, the beautiful big greyhound, but she hasn't been 100% this week. So the environment wasn't as optimal, but equally life, life happens. So it wasn't too bad in that sense, but it just means things like sleep, not in my own bed. Those things definitely had a little impact on my routine and ability to be as alert as possible. But in general, when people, I mean, people have very different experiences of doing a slightly longer fast. This is doing, ignore intermittent fasting for a moment, just talking like 24, 36 hour fast, for example. Some people find that they get insane clarity and productivity. And for me, it wasn't really like that this time. I didn't feel any less compared to normal, but I wouldn't say I felt a rise. I still kept my steps at 12K a day, And I worked out, but not at the gym because I'm not near my gym this week. I'm the other side of the city, but also I haven't got any fuel. So I just did a lower impact mobility and yoga workout, listening to my body instead of being in the gym or doing a high intensity workout. It's important as well for me when doing slightly longer fasts like this. It's a really, I see it as a real time to really connect with my body and just connect with how it's feeling. And also, like I said, with the hunger levels, satiation levels, but also with movement as well. One thing that I did find super interesting, which I just hadn't paid conscious attention to when previously fasting, was my really big decrease in resting heart rate, both when sleeping and awake. And I just hadn't paid attention to it previously, but it was really cool to see the body doing its thing and adapting super quickly. And this has actually continued with my sleep. My sleep quality after coming out of the back of this has continued to, I've had the most deep sleep I've ever had. Normally I average about an hour deep sleep if I'm lucky, whereas I got three hours deep sleep on Wednesday night, Thursday night, sorry. 
Yeah, no, Wednesday night. So I actually have never had that much deep sleep. And normally my resting heart rate is about 60 and it went down to 49.50. And similarly, it when sleeping, my even my resting heart when sleeping isn't that much lower. So that was really interesting to see that happening. In fact, I'm too impatient and I actually just looked at this now. And yeah, that has continued through. I didn't get as much in terms of period of sleep last night, but my resting heart rate is still nice and low. So that is a Brucey bonus. I love that. Very interesting. So when working on a diet or working towards fat loss, this is, it's a multifaceted approach and an aggressive dieting phase can be part of that if it's something that interests you, sparks a bit of interest. And the key thing is, is here, if you're using fasting as a tool, after the fast, it's really important to keep eating as normal, rather being in that cycle of feast or famine. This is where adherence issues come in because people gorge before they're going on the fast or after. And so then overall, over the seven day period, you in fact haven't created a deficit at all. Now, this is where the mindset approach comes in because we don't, if you're, if this is something that you're in and you're interested in, then actually people don't seem to compensate the day after fasting. It just depends on your approach to the tour and how you're feeling about it. Because like I said, if this is something previously that you feel that you should be doing, so you do it, but actually it's not sitting well with you, then, then this is where results will be different, but your behavior around the fast will be different, which may not actually be serving you. And I will keep saying it till I'm blue in the face. It's got to be something that you enjoy. If you're going into a dieting phase, if you're going onto a new journey, it should be exciting. It doesn't need to be boring, restrictive and horrible and everything that diet culture says it is. If it doesn't excite you to try new things and take steps towards a new phase, then the consistency and behavior change is not going to be ideal. However, this is the beauty of taking and realizing that it is a multifaceted approach and having a huge range of tools at your fingertips because there's no cookie cutter. You can literally go with what works for you. And I know this is easier said than done, but don't listen to people posting saying you have to do this or you have to do that. You do what works for you, what you enjoy, what keeps you consistent and gets you the results that you want. For me, I'm never going to do keto or even lower carb. I couldn't think of anything worse than reducing my carbs. Does that mean I won't get good results? No. For some people, lower carbs is a vibe. It works really well with their body. It works really well with their lifestyle. And I'm saying lower carb because I feel people actually following the keto diet of how it's designed is actually quite rare. But lower carb, people certainly do low carb for sure. So we get to explore areas to connect with our body and understand our body, which is why I love the fast because it reconnects me and refocuses me to where I need to be for the next step. But a couple of things that I want to put straight. First of all, a big one, fasting isn't going to make you get an eating disorder. Tightrope territory here because of the topic and I'm not going into that, but what I'm saying is fasting isn't the cause of someone moving into an eating disorder. Number two, not eating doesn't put your body into starvation mode. Hopefully 
there is enough information that's come out now in life, but I know we haven't touched upon it on this podcast. Starvation mode does not exist. So your body is going to be totally fine with no food for the short window that you're fasting. It's not going to make you store fat and hold on to fat because of starvation mode. Eating little and often doesn't boost the metabolism. In fact, actually, really cool new research shows that metabolism doesn't even impact the rate of fat loss, which is pretty empowering for everybody. So don't feel that on the other side of it, that you're doing yourself a disservice by not eating little and often. Breakfast mentioned it. Breakfast isn't the most important meal of the day unless you want it to be. Not everyone gets hungry in the morning or even likes breakfast, and that's totally okay. Again, you're not doing yourself a disservice or hindering your results. One that does float around quite a lot is intermittent fasting increases cortisol. Well, actually, research from intermittent fasting shows a significant decrease in cortisol concentration. And we are all very different, so therefore, I really want to stress the importance, again, of finding a method and a path that you enjoy, that you can stick to and feel empowered by. There's absolutely no shoulds here. This is your journey, no one else's, and I hate the scaremongering that comes, especially around fasting, of how you should be doing it, and if you don't, then you're not improving your health and all the other rubbish that people spout about it. Always question methods, question approaches, go to someone you trust, first stop more moxie, you know, but seriously, get curious and go with what could work with your mind, body, routine, lifestyle, and goals. We can get so caught up in the noise and going along with the crowd. And if it doesn't work for you, instead of thinking, this method just isn't the one for me, instead we turn to ourselves and we get those feelings of failure and the narratives of nothing works for me, this isn't possible for me, this isn't ever going to work. But I just want you to see it like a jigsaw puzzle. It absolutely does get to work, but that piece just doesn't quite fit but there is a piece that will. And as always, don't just focus on what appears to be your end destination. I say what appears to be your end destination because I don't believe there is an end destination because it continuously evolves and changes and moves. But don't just focus on those goals that are further away. Keep in the present and keep in the process. Fall in love with the process, enjoy the process. And even very recently, a new meta-analysis of randomized controls trials, which is what we like, demonstrated that intermittent fasting was not better than continuous energy restriction for fat loss, appetite, or adherence. Why is that word so hard to say quickly? Adherence. So that means that if it's a tool you like and you want to use go for it. But if not, that's okay too. It's not a superior method. It's just another method to the principle of creating a calorie deficit. So there are so many ways that it can be used and it looks very different in many situations. But if you have any questions or confusions or you're just curious about it, reach out, message me. I'll be more than happy to help and share. And for some, it can work really well and others it doesn't. And that's totally fine. This time around, I actually really enjoyed it. I 
will de- I like to do a long one every so often, but it's definitely set me up this week to be in the calorie deficit, get me focused, which is exactly what I wanted. And so there we have it. There is my little lowdown report on fasting. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I hope this was helpful. Like I said, if there's anything that doesn't feel right or you're confused about or you've heard some information somewhere else, we like science and evidence-based information here, honey. So we're not messing around. Just give us a shout and I'll be happy to help. In the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous weekend or whenever you're listening to this, have a fabulous rest of the day and I will see you next week, babes. See you later.